Hey, what is up, guys? This is Zach, and I am here with me, Art Michael. It's me. It's Michael. It's my brother who lives in China. His name yep. is Michael Harris. Uh, you notice the same last name because we are related and uh, we're born from the same womb. Uh, we were not in it at the same time, uh, but, you know, a few years apart. It's a creepy way of saying things. Um, but we are doing today's segment is called. Actually, I don't. I didn't name today's segment. Uh, do you have a name, Michael? Um, top five ooh parts and cryptids from China, maybe. Well, okay, that's that's the episode name. Yeah. So the episode name oh, is the top five ooh parts and cryptids. So here's the thing. Um, an ooh part is an out of place artifact. Is correct? Yes. Yeah, so basically any kind of like, whoa, a computer from ancient Egypt or something like that. And cryptids are yetis and Loch Ness monsters and just weird beasties and stuff. So uh, this the, the the segment will we'll figure out a name, but like basically it'll be. I mean, we I, I figure you and me can do a couple different segments over the course of time, but like for now, uh, I, I know you love cryptozoology and just the weird stuff so i figured we'd do a segment maybe once a month on just different uh different cryptids um we, we could call it weird michael but that's kind of insulting. Yeah. uh you could totally call it something like mysteries with michael mysteries like that. of the michael mystery uh, anyway we will probably anyway. have a name for it by the time i post this uh or maybe not um, anyway, so you you went ahead and did top five of China. So what is number five? Um, so the number five one is the most likely to be real. So of course oh, it's cool. Oh, uh, least. So <laughs> because who wants real stuff? Boring. Uh, first one or the first, the first or the fifth, whatever that is. Part uh, five, or number five. Number five, the Wuga. Number five is the Fujian Blue Tiger. The Fujian Blue Tiger. Okay. So uh, is it just literally a blue tiger that lives in Fujian? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, yeah. So in the province of Fujian, uh, for pretty much long, long time, there's uh -huh. been sightings of a tiger that has like this grayish blue, grayish blue coloring. I am like, uh, like a polar bear kind of grayish. Blue. Uh, like, I mean, not, not that polar bears are grayish blue, but like a, or like an Arctic hair or something. No, more like the, you know, those Russian blue cats that are like kind of slight gray, but in the light, when the light reflects off of them, they kind of turn blue. Okay. That's so. Cool. Yeah. That kind of that kind of color. That's really cool. Where does it does it live like in an area where no one is or what's the deal? Um, it actually lives in the south of China, so there's actually more people in that area, but oh. uh it's more like in the jungles of of that province. So yeah. Yeah. Does it do anything cool or is it just kind of a, a cool looking tiger? Um, this one is just a cool looking tiger. Uh, like in, there's been sightings of a bunch of different colors of tigers and you can oh. actually find pictures of some real ones like golden tigers with like their stripes are like golden. So they kind of look 
cool. like a golden tabby cat. Uh, and then there's like the white tigers that everybody knows. And yeah. some that are almost all black. But black this one. Tiger. What's that? A black tiger. That's crazy. Yeah. So basically with the black tiger, the stripes are just so thick that you can barely see anything else. So it's like almost black with uh, orange stripes, which is yeah. cool. That's super cool. Like, so yeah. there's just different. It's it's basically God is uh, selling skins for the uh, for the characters. So, like in a video game, you can buy, you can pay real money to get like different costumes for your characters and stuff. God's just doing that. He's like, all right, guys. And China has a lot of billionaires, so they're they're buying it up. Mm. Dude, talking about the billionaires, that reminds me of some funny stories here in China. Uh, there was like. A lot of the billionaires, they'll get these big old dogs and paint them to look like other animals. <laughs> so you can go and you'll see like this big old fluffy dog and they dye its hair white and black. So it looks like a panda. <laughs> that is amazing. And one of my favorite stories here is, uh, have you ever heard of the Tibetan Mastiff? Yeah, yeah. Big dogs. So, yeah. They're like, they're like a small bear. Yeah, basically. I've seen bears smaller. Well, have I seen bears in the wild? I don't think I have. But I've seen pictures of bears. Well, actually, there was one time I might have seen a bear or a gigantic badger. <laughs> how, how, okay, to be, that's a really tiny bear or a really big badger. I don't, if badgers, exactly. got, if badgers got that big, we would all be screwed. We would just, yeah. They would they would just rip us to shreds. They would take <laughs> over. Seriously, if it was a honey badger, they could take yeah. over the world. Yeah, they are monsters. I remember uh, I re I read White Fang like two hundred times when I was a kid, and oh, that was a I guess that wasn't a badger. That was a weasel. Weasels scare me too, but I think I feel like he might have they might have fought a badger at one point in that book, and it was or or Call of the Wild, and it was terrifying. It just scared the like badgers. They're they're the they're legit the Wolverine of the real world, other than you know Wolverines actually, which are yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, badgers are pretty crazy. Like I've seen a video of this badger, this honey badger in Africa, and it was bit by a cobra, uh -huh. and it kind of fell over, and for like five minutes it was just laying comatose. Then it just got up and walked away. <laughs> It was like, if you play dead, the cobra will leave. Or is that me or bears? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, about the bear wolverine, bear wolverine, bear badger. I was walking at night in Palmer Park back in Colorado. Uh -huh. And I heard this thing behind me and I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. And I was heading back to the car because I was just climbing the cliffs at night. Which yeah. maybe isn't the most advisable thing to do, but whatever. Well, yeah, that's that's how. We, anyway, that's how. Yeah, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. So I was climbing down the cliffs, and I started hearing this thing, and I was like, "What is that?" And I just got this really, you know, how you get those vibes where you're like, "Dude, something's following me." Oh yeah, oh yeah, prickles on the back of your neck and the whole thing. Yeah. So I was like, I'm being stalked by something. So it kind of freaked me out a little bit. And so I started 
more quickly picking my way down. It was a moonlit night, so I could see decently clearly. Yeah. And I started making my way down, and every once in a while I'd check back, and I would still have that feeling of, like, there's something behind me. And mm-hmm. then as I was about to get to the car on one of the last small cliffs, yeah. I look. The ones that we always find. Yeah, yeah. On that last small cliff, it was maybe five, six feet high. Uh-huh. Uh, I look, and below me, this giant blob of dark fur just walks right under me. And it was shaped kind of like, uh, I don't know how it was shaped exactly. Like, kind of like one of those, what's it called? The thing you put your feet on, on when you're resting on the sofa? An ottoman. An ottoman, yeah. It was basically like, a furry moving ottoman. And I think badgers are are that shape, but it would have come up to my knees. So it might've been like a really fat baby bear that had been following me that night. Could it have been a really big raccoon? Uh, that's a good possibility, but it didn't have the tail like the, of the raccoon. Okay. I couldn't see a tail at all. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know how that relates to the tiger. But. All right, what's number four? Number four cryptid or part? Um, I don't have these in order, so... Number four weird I phenomena. Think, I think I'll just go with the way I wrote it. I didn't choose the order, I just wrote these down in sure. a random order. So the next one I'll go with is the Yeren. Okay. So in Chinese, Yeren means wild man. Nice. I'm guessing you can guess what that is. What? Yeah. Is it some sort of uh, venomous snake, perhaps, like a or a or an ancient computer? Uh, actually, yes. Oh wow! No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh wait, one second. Sorry, I have a cold, so I had to mute it for my loud coughing. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, Yeren, the uh, the wild man, is basically the Chinese Bigfoot. Okay, so it's a, so, so it's not a it's not a human. It's not what? Not a human. Um, depends on who you ask. There's actually one sighting. Uh, in uh in a forest in in Hubei province and they said in the sighting they said they saw the Yeren the Yeren crying and no no other primates do that so only humans can cry so some people think it's it might be like a wild species of human or something like that like an aboriginal yeah like that or like a tribe of people with uh like that disease that makes you really hairy. Huh? Well, I mean, you, you remember the, the running people in Mexico where they were, they were like somewhat legendary because no one had ever, people had seen them, but then they immediately ran. So no one had ever like touched or gotten near one ever. So maybe it's like that. I actually don't remember that. Can you tell me more? Um, so there's, it's, it's a, it's a legit group of people. Um, so they they came into they had a really bad uh, drought or famine I forget which I think it was a drought like seven or eight years ago 
and so they came into um, they came into human civilization. But what would happen is they lived in these near these canyons in Mexico, and there's just like hundreds of miles of canyons. And these people would they were barefoot, but they would run 60, 70, 80 miles a day. They were called okay. the running people, the Tarmar people. And every time someone would, they were like real elusive. And then anytime someone would see them, they'd just run into the canyon and disappear. And you couldn't chase them because you can't run. You're not running, you know, 80 miles a day or something. Um, but then they, they eventually came into, came into civilization a few years back. Um, you, you know, Luke, right? Matt's best friend, Luke. Fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Luke actually went down and worked with them for uh, like three years. He he worked in like kind of because uh, even though they were they had like there's a really uh, I haven't seen the documentary, but I've heard there's a really cool documentary on Netflix about them. Um, but mm. what the documentary doesn't really tell you about them is that they they had a kind of a really messed up civilization. Like the more every time you find humans that haven't met civilization we have this kind of noble savage noble noble savage myth but they had they had you basically had a 100% physical abuse rate for like kids and women and stuff and they had a 40% sexual abuse rate like you had almost a half 50/50 shot of being raped by your parents yeah. and that's they had no word their language for love nah, like they didn't have that's the concept that. of love yeah, yeah so that noble savage thing i'm like it's they're usually called savages for a reason. Well, the noble uh, savage thing is an incredibly great. attractive myth. It yeah, yeah. An incredibly attractive myth because it's that's what movies have t- showed us and it seems cool. It's just every single time you look at a um you find a tribe that hasn't gotten reached to the civilization and they're going to have a minimum of a 15% murder rate whereas like the rest the whole world as a whole is 1.6% and that's including war like yeah. um, some of them were up to 90% murder rates like it's it's crazy to look at the actual statistics of tribes with no uh with no access to culture or to civilization yeah. i heard of like i our family had a friend who did bible work down in papua new guinea and they had yeah. like a 50% murder rate in the tribe she was in. And wow. yeah, it was pretty crazy. Did she get murdered? Oh, no. She was fine. Did she have a friend with her? Did she get what? Did she have a friend with her? Uh, No, but that was like before they started translating on all that. Oh, okay. I think she came in afterwards. But after that, they like the society changed for the better a lot. There was like. Okay a lot less violence. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. I know, um, like with Luke and the Tarmar people, they, they, a lot of them, you know, stopped being alcoholics. Cause it was like, basically all of them were alcoholics. And like, then they, they had, they just did, a, they did a lot of cool stuff down there. So you should, uh, you should ask him about that sometime, but let's move on to number three, unless you have more to say about the wild man. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit more. Just because sure. it's kind of interesting because th- one of the most famous sightings, like it's uh, the Xinhua New Age News Agency, which is like the main official state news agency. Okay. They actually have like 400 sightings or more and just wow. in the last couple decades from like the 70s. 
Okay, so there, so it's a, so it's a legit thing. Like, it's not, it's probably not like, a f- unless there's just like a, a group of kids who go around in gorilla costumes or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's. I don't know if it's like a giant ape, but it's definitely a legit thing. Uh, one of the most interesting sightings I was reading about was there was this group and it was actually six communist leader officials like during the seventies. Yeah. Like six of the officials were driving their car through the forest. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called Shenongje forest. And they were driving and they stopped cause they saw this like giant ape creature by the side of the road. And this was like six official, like high official. But for me, I think I give credence to some of the Yeren accounts a little bit more because, like here in Qinghai, Qinghai is essentially old, old Tibet, and yeah. it's the, the uh, like the edge of Tibet, like the border cities of Tibet and China. Yeah, basically, Qinghai used to be the Amdo kingdom of Tibet. There was three different kingdoms of Tibet. And uh, this was like the northernmost kingdom. Uh, I didn't realize there were Tibets. Yeah. Basically, there's three main Tibetan peoples. And where I live is the Amdo area. And then there's the Kham area. And then there's uh, the other area where Lhasa is, like actual Tibet, Tibet. But I always yeah. forget those guys' names because I never run into them. Like they're the Tibetans. Yeah. I just call them Lhasa Tibetans because. I don't remember. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah. Speaking Who of that, I meet when I was up there, man, because what? Which people? Because I hung out with a lot of Tibetans. So, which which ones uh, were they? It was most likely the Amdal and Kam, because okay. the Amdal are mostly in the area I'm in, Xining area, and yeah. they're like, they're most, they're the most common people in Qinghai of the Tibetans. And then there's the uh, Kamba people, which are like in the south of Qinghai and in uh-huh. Sichuan province. I have to say, my biggest gripe when I'm in America is people saying Sichuan <laughs> or Sichuan, like Sichuan, Sichuan. Every time I hear it, I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> so for all of you listening, it's Sichuan. Sichuan. Anyway. Okay, number three weird Chinese thing. Number three weird Chinese thing. Give me one second. And that would be the cough. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's the loud coughing. Uh, The number three is the Terran Basin Society and the Terran Basin Mummies. Terran Basin. Okay, what is that? So in the northwest of China, there's this province called Xinjiang, which has been in the news a bit lately uh, because of, yeah, because of some bad stuff that's been going down there. It's kind of like the center for China, for terrorism in China, but also oh. the people group who's doing most of the terrorism, they're also being like thrown in prison camps and stuff. So oh, wow. that's not fun. Anyways, that area, uh, 
it has one of the biggest deserts in the world, like the biggest actual, uh, how do you say the, I'm trying to think of the English word. My brain's coming up with the Chinese word right now. Shashan, the sand dunes. Oh, okay, cool. So it has like the second biggest sand dune area in the world or in Asia. I think it's in the world actually. Uh, anyway, so that place, they found these mummies there and they're actually white skinned. Weird. So there's like white mummies in China. Uh, one of the most interesting is they call her the Lolan Blue, the Wase. My English is so bad now. They call her the Lolan Beauty uh, because, like, in this mummy, they can you can still see her features, and she had like really pretty face. So, and this mummy, like, she had she was white skinned with kind of reddish blonde hair. Reddish blonde hair. Yeah. And uh, there was, they uncovered a bunch of mummies in that area. And some of them have tattoos, like the tattoos where you uh, get the ash and like called like the scarification tattoos. Yeah. Oh, that's Uh, weird. Yeah. The interesting thing, though, is you can still see a couple like light skinned Chinese to this day. Huh? I've actually been. hmm? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying I've actually been mistaken for Chinese on a couple of of occasions because of that, because my Chinese isn't great, but I speak it okay, And I have a little bit of a Northwestern dialect when I speak it. So a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but I've had three people asking me if I was Chinese. And I think they all thought I was from that area. So is it from what I'm from what I understand, 98% of China is Han Chinese is a little less than that, but essentially, yeah. So uh, most people are Han Chinese. So is it like a subgroup within the Han or is it a a completely different subracial group? Um, Usually the ones who look more European, they're usually a different minority, Uh, like. The most famous one is the Uyghurs, the one that lives in Xinjiang, and they're the ones that are having all the trouble right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, They're the most famous, but there's a lot of other people groups like the Tartars, the Kazakhs, the the Kazakhs live in Kazakhstan and China. Yeah, the Kazakhs, I mean, that's, that's, those are like kind of what we think is like traditional Russians almost. Uh, kind of. They're like, they're the quintessential Eurasian. Like, some of my Kazakh friends, because I have quite a few Kazakh friends here, because they have a good exchange program with the university here. Uh, Mm -hmm. some of my Kazakh friends, some of them look like completely Chinese. You couldn't tell. And then the others look almost white. Oh, weird. So, yeah, it's really weird when you like see Kazakhstan because it's such a mixture. But actually just today, one of my I saw one of my students and his hair is lighter brown than mine. Hmm. Naturally. Okay, so, these, so these mummies were 
are red hair, do they know how how uh, old they are? Uh, the Lola and Beauty, the first one I was talking about, she's 3,800 years old. Oh, wow. Just to give you some perspective, that's like the same time as Abraham in the Bible. Yeah, and that, that's... Wow. That's real. That's weird that there were like redheads in China. That's, that's yeah. just... Kind of Actually, most of the mummies they found were blonde. Blonde redheads and chi- blondes in China. Yeah, it's huh. actually it's actually more common to see redheads in China still. You can even find a little bit of them in Japan too. Really, I have no- yeah. Like here, it's definitely a darker shade. Like it's really dark, but if the sun shines, you can see a reddish tint. Oh, so. Okay. That might be some of that ancestry uh, coming back. Huh. Well, so basically, is is the kind of the assumption that um, the Mongol hordes and, you know, the Khans just blasted everyone? And because um, I've heard I've heard the statistic. I don't know if it's true that 15 uh, percent of everyone in Asia or 15 percent of everyone in the world is directly descended from Genghis Khan. Uh, I think it's actually 5%. Oh, okay. Well, it's still, yeah. One out of 20 people on Earth is a direct descendant. So, like, if you, I mean, that makes kind of, kind of makes sense. Like, they just wiped out entire groups of people because. Actually, though, this was before the, this was before the Mongols. Well, yeah, but I mean, maybe the people group was like, you know, neither waxing nor waning. They were just a uh, yeah, yeah. group, and then they got blasted when the when the Mongol hordes came through, and they just like uh, eliminated them and, and their descendants. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. One interesting thing thing though about the Mongols is like it was I can't remember. It might have been a couple hundred years after Genghis Khan died, or as uh-huh. they call him in in uh, Mongolia, Chinggis Khan. Chinggis Khan? Uh, Yeah, Chinggis. Big brother Chinggis. (laughs) And yeah, it's it's big brother. (laughs) Anyways, a little while after Genghis Khan died, there was actually a a small subdivision of Mongols, and they came and they actually took over Tibet and ruled Tibet. But they didn't know how to rule, so they only had it for like 20 years. Yeah. So it was just like one of his generals or something or uh it was like a different tribe because before uh, Genghis took over basically Mongolia was just a bunch of warring tribes with like different tribal leaders and he just was like I'm going to conquer everybody and make you all one nation under me and I mean it it did work Yep it worked so Anyway, yeah, the Terran Basin dudes, they're interesting because most of them, like, a lot of people actually think they descended from the Scythians. Okay. Like, I don't know if you remember the history lessons about them. I remember some of the Force, I mean, I Force the people. Oh, uh, okay. And so they were the people, like, who invented the saddle and stuff like that. And they were kind of like uh, Eurasian, but they were more white. Huh. So some people think that the mummies were descended from them because they have the similar tattoos and they're more blonde. 
But yeah. it's just weird that there was a small kingdom of of whiteies in the middle of China. Small kingdom of blondes in the middle of like uh hi, yeah. we're the blondes from China. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes more sense like where they were because they're in the north uh northwest. But actually in a couple other places they have these legends of the people. If I remember correctly, they called them like the moon people. Like UA UA means like the moon minority. And they supposedly lived in the mountains and they were like these really tall white pe- white people that huh. they barely ever saw. This is like more in central South China. Night elves. They were moon elves. It's the dream. Yeah. Did yeah. they have weird ears? Uh probably. Did they have nature Most magic? Just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to assume they did. Uh, but let's go to that was number three, I believe, or number four or three. Um, let's uh, go number to, three. All right, let's go to number two. All right, I'm going to cough. All right, I'm going to fill time. He's coughing, coughing, coughing. Oh, well, that- Huh? Okay. Number three. Or number, not number three, number two. Number so one. number two and number one I chose because they're in my hometown. Well, oh, cool. kind of in my hometown. My, I should say my home province here in China. Yeah. So right. and number two is the bygone pipes. The bygone pipes. Uh, bygone. Anyway, so in here in Qinghai, Qinghai is basically the size of Texas on steroids. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was so big. Yeah. Uh, So one time I went from the city I live in, Xining, to a city in the south of Qinghai called Yushu, and it was a 12-hour drive. All inside, drive all inside. inside the same state. How many provinces are there in? I'm just going to call them states. How many provinces are there inside of China? Uh, thirty. Uh, I'm so I'm on the spot now. Thirty-three or thirty-six? I think there's thirty-three, and then three special city provinces. Basically, there's three cities that are so big that they're so like, considered uh, their own provinces, kind of like DC and the yeah, states. Say like a DC. Okay. Yeah, Beijing, Shanghai, and I think it's Tianjin. Is Tianjin that big? I've, I mean, that's weird because you never hear about it. You always hear about sh- Shanghai and Beijing. Uh, Tianjin is like, uh, I think close to twenty million. Cool. Jeez. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, China has I think twenty cities over ten million. Man. Yeah, when I was when I was going through there, what I noticed is it was exactly the same as America, but every American city of like five hundred thousand people had two and a half million people. It was just like it was like the same exact spacing and like you know I drove across just like the equivalent of Kansas and just like drove for six hours without seeing and you know like another person almost like just that the occasional tiny gas station town. But then every time you got to a city, it was just much bigger than 
than the one in Amer- than the equivalent in America. Yeah, like my girlfriend, she's from a village outside of what they call a small town, but that town has about four hundred thousand people. It's a small town. Nice. Okay, yeah. so tell me about the pipes. Okay, so uh, in Qinghai, there's this area called Dalingha, which is like it's in a Mongolian controlled area because okay. there's so many minorities and they have like special districts where they control that district. Like a reservation uh, most? Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, okay. So there's like, I live close to a Tibetan district like that. And this one's actually not too far from me, but it's a Mongolian district. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's this mountain in the middle of the, of that district and it's oh. called uh, Baigong Mountain. And okay. inside the mountain, there's these pipes, metallic pipes that run from the mountain oh. to a nearby lake. Like metal metal? Yeah, like metal pipes that run from inside a mountain. That's I think it's like over 100 yards away from the lake into yeah. the lake. And nobody, they're supposed to be like the scientists dated them. And apparently they were like hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years old, like way before people could do that. And they're also in the middle of a mountain, like in the roots of the mountain, if you will. Is there a cave or, or is it just going nowhere? What's the, what's the deal? Uh, they found the first ones inside a cave in the mountain, yeah. But there are more just going nowhere? Um, I'm not exactly c- clear because up until just a little while ago, it was restricted up until a couple years ago. So, like, the information is a little bit spotty on it. Okay. So, do... But, I yeah. Mean, there was just, like, a society that had plumbing. Just chilling. Um, yes and no. So, like, the thing was, the pipes were different sizes, like some 16 inches across, others Uh the size of a needle. Mm -hmm. And so what they actually found that most people, most scientists think is the answer for the pipes is most of the scientists thinks think that it was actually tree roots that that petrified but instead of petrifying into stone petrified into metal that's a no i've never even heard of that like yeah would that it's really be a, weird huh that i that's that seems slightly sketchy like trees don't become metal i i have i have lived around trees my whole life and never once seen one become metal I was thinking like uh, they were like I was going to make a terrible joke about like somebody making it into a guitar and then it totally becomes metal. Anyway. Yeah, but you'd still have to have metal for the strings. So even then your analogy doesn't hold up. Trees are not yeah. metal. Trees are not metal. Anyway, I yeah, people aren't still some people don't believe that, especially uh-huh. because in Tibet like nearby in Tibet there's some really weird mystery uh, mystery plates that have like 
apparently tell a story of an ancient alien civilization. But that's a whole nother mystery for another time. Uh, wait, uh, why are we not going into that? That seems that seems uh, awesome. Yeah, because it's a teaser for next time. And uh, I haven't studied enough, so I don't remember everything off the top of my head. Fair enough, fair enough. I did I did put you on the spot for this. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, what's your, what's your number one? Uh, the number one is China's Lake Monsters. China's Lake, like, is it like Nessie? Yeah, so a couple of lakes in China actually have their own Nessies. Huh. And the reason why I chose this one is because the most famous lake, well, not the most famous lake, but one of the most famous lakes in China is in my province in Qinghai. It's called Qinghai Lake. And if you've heard of bird flu, yeah, that's where (laughs) it came from. Oh, uh, a true claim to fame. Yeah. But seriously, though, Qinghai Lake is amazing. It's gigantic. It's the biggest saltwater lake in China and the biggest lake in China. It's like like a... uh, Is it like uh, Oceany? Is it what? Oceany? Like it's the size of an ocean? Uh, not quite that big. But basically, like, take two of the great salt lakes in America, two or three of those, and put them together. Wow, so it's like multiple of the of the uh, great lakes in Michigan? Uh, no, it's it's not that big. It's like one of the smaller great, it's like, like the smallest great lake, but it's still really oh, big. Okay. Well, so I, I, that's weird. So China doesn't have any really big lakes. Yeah, not like any super gigantic lakes. This would be like the size of two of the Great Salt Lake in Utah, like the size okay. of two of those put together. But there is, is, is it the same type of being, So, from what people know, as Loch Ness Monster? Uh, yes and no. So... I have a couple lake monsters to talk about. This one is similar to Nessie, but the other uh-huh. one isn't. So the one in Qinghai Lake, apparently it's supposed to be kind of long-necked and skelly, so kind of like the Nessie sighting. Yeah. Uh, but it's supposed to have iridescent scales. Oh, so, weird. you know, like kind of like a rainbow trout where it shines like a shines like a rainbow in the light. Does it have a horn? Because I'm I'm gonna assume that this is gonna be a huge marketing phenomenon, like a shiny a shiny glitter a shiny glitter Loch Ness is like if it if it was also a unicorn, it'd be perfect for every twelve year old girl in the world. Um, sorry, I'm gonna cough again. Wait a second. This is the coughing song. Michael can't sing along because he's coughing. His lungs right out. All right, welcome back. Yep, coughing my lungs out. Sorry about that. Anyway, yeah, uh, this one. My hands coughing my lungs. Say again. Oh, I said this one. I've seen one picture of it, but I'm almost certain it was faked. Oh, okay. But in the picture, it had horns, but it was like the Chinese dragon horns. Okay. So it, it's not like it's not like Loch Ness, where every picture looks more or less like a plesiosaur. Um, 
Yes and no. This one, I would say it's more plesiosauric, if you will, because it has like the descriptions are all like this long neck that sticks out of the water. But uh -huh. the difference is it's supposed to have scales. So more snake-like. Yeah, I like the iridescent scale thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Qinghai has some other weird animals. I'll tell you about one or two of them quick before going back okay. to the lake monster. Like, you wouldn't expect it because we live so high in the mountains. Like, where I live is one of the lower areas, and it's 7,000 feet. Yeah. Uh, but we actually have snakes and snakes that'll like live in the mountain streams. Oh, weird. Yeah. And one of the weirder ones we have here, besides the cool ones like the like the snow leopard and the palace cat, we yes. actually have giant salamanders. Whoa, like how big? Like three feet long. Three feet long salamanders? I want one so badly. That's my new pet. Yeah. I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride it to work every day. I kind of imagine them just like I kind of imagine I'm just walking through the grasslands and like upper Qinghai and then all of a sudden I come to the stream and then I look and there's this giant salamander and I'll just like wrangle it or something. Dude, I, I imagine they're probably dangerous. You should do the research. But like salamander, when we were kids, you know, you remember the salamanders we had, the tiger and fire yes. salamanders? Those are the best. I love salamanders. They're so squishy and like just holding them in your hand is hilarious. You're just like, you're yeah. just like happy because you have a squishy hand. salamander. Huh? I said, you can't hold this one in your hand. Michael, body pillow. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, these dudes are like three feet long and like a weird reddish brownish color. I, I seriously want to use one as my pillow. That sounds amazing. Yeah, dude. It would be weird. Because, you know, it'd be alive and kind of wet. But it would pr be and pretty amphibians, amphibians are not known for their intelligence. But maybe it's just yeah. a really good-natured dude. Like, or I could Probably. find one and train it. Okay, you have, have to see if... Salamander. You have to see... Yeah, have to train. Exactly. It, except instead of breathing fire, it breathes bad breath. Uh, it mm. breathes like... I don't know, what does it eat? Fish breath. Um, you have to see if you can buy them and how much they are. And if you can like go to a pet store and just like pet one. I think you can buy the Japanese variety, but like this one here in China is like really endangered because uh, it only like a couple streams here in Qinghai. Okay. I mean, it like makes sense. It's hard to be like a, other provinces. It's hard to be. Yeah, there's two or three other places. You can find them in Japan and I think like Burma or something. Some other Asian country that I don't remember. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, the other lake monster. The other lake monster I think is interesting uh, because it has a ton of sightings. Okay. So back to Xinjiang again. In Xinjiang, that's the province where they found the mummies. Uh, yeah. There's this lake, and it's called Kanas Lake. Mm -hmm. And there's been a ton of sightings of a monster there. But this one isn't like your typical, uh, your typical Nessie sighting. It's like a yeah. giant 40, 50 foot long fish. Weird. 
And there's like sightings of schools of them. <laughs> Do they eat things? Do they are they terrifying? Are they like um I mean it would imagine it'd be terrifying if you're on a lake and you see a fifty foot long giant red fish floating under you. And like thirty of them. Yeah. So goldfish? Do they look what? Like goldfish. Um apparently they look kind of reddish. So I imagine more like a salmon or something. Actually, one of the most popular theories for what they are is like a breed of giant salmon. Because there's like some salmon that can get to be four or five feet long. And they yeah. think it's, it might be like a freak genetic breed of that that gets even bigger. I I so, so wish that that lake was attached to a big river. And, and then you're just like, you're just like in this creek, you're just like splashing around and then suddenly a 50 foot uh a 50 foot fish just goes jumping up the up and up a waterfall that, that's, that sounds amazing and hilarious dude i would be there with my spear i'd have so much meat <laughs> like if you could kill it like I, th- I think a 50 foot salmon would take you out man i don't know i think i could kill it You'd have to have a crossbow. Like you don't, you don't want to be attached to a something that can, a fifty foot salmon that can like jump up waterfalls. I'll punch it in the face. Fair Probably enough. Probably didn't do much, but it, it has it. It has iridescent scales for defense. Actually, that's the other one. Yep. Sorry, coughing fit again. Give me a second. All right. Coughing, covering up the coughing, covering up the coughing. This is the coughing song. If you string all three coughing songs together, it doesn't sound actually any better because I made them all up on the spot. So, okay, hey, what's up, man? What's up, man? I was sorry about that. Sorry, got this interview right, like the peak of a cold. Yeah, I got sick last week, so I understand. I had to, I had to cancel some podcasts. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot. Back to the Qinghai Lake one. Just because yeah. an interesting tidbit is actually there was a llama who saw one once. So that's like the a most llama. famous. Thing. Uh, sorry, I got <laughs> I got excited. I was like, wait, there's a talking <laughs> llama. That's the bigger story. Yeah. No, that would be a big story. But yeah, in a much more boring way, llamas are like the priests of Tibetan Buddhism. Are they considered? Are they? I mean. Are they considered like very honest people? Uh, yes, but a lot of them aren't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I have some friends who are like Buddhist monks and stuff, and they definitely do a lot of non-Buddhist monkey things. When I was in the monasteries, I was in the second and third holiest uh, temples in Buddhism, or at mm-hmm. least the Tibetan branch of Buddhism. And like the monks had iPhones in 2006 and they drove Audis and like it was basically a monk. The, uh, the American equivalent of what a monk was is a trust fund kid who was working at some startup because that's the cool and popular thing to do. Like they were, they were the cool kid. They were like the, the cool trust fund kids. It was weird. I mean, not all of them, but that was like, 
compared to the normal people, they were way richer. And they were yeah. like, I don't know. Those were probably more like the llamas then. Okay. Well, I just know that they were dressed yeah, like basically the high priests. They were they were occasionally going I mean, there were hundreds of them and they would go into uh, the yeah, yeah. the courtyard and all all ohm together. Oh uh, yeah. Well then those probably were monks, yeah. They were I mean they but, looked dressed like monks and also they told me they were monks, so I assume they were. <laughs> yeah, they probably were. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the with Tibetan Buddhism it's really interesting and the history of Tibet is interesting because yeah. a lot of like the free Tibet stuff, what they say is true, like there's a lot of terrible things China did. Yeah. But uh, the flip side before China came in, Tibet was a terrible place. So yeah, everything like, I've heard, I mean, when I was stuff was rampant, like, things like that. Yeah, I I was talking to a guy in Tibet, and he w- uh, when I was there, and he said um, that you you would never let any Tibetan person um, uh, babysit your kid because in Tibet it wasn't like it was normal to like have sex with a kid. Like it was not not normal, normal, but like normal enough that you just wouldn't even let someone, uh, babysit your kid because there was just a, you just knew that there was, if you did that, if you let Tibetans babysit your kid enough, eventually they'd get molested. I mean, it's not, it's not like a racist thing. Like I, I love Tibetan people. They were the cool, they were the coolest people I've ever met, but like, that's just, Tibet had a messed up culture. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I have a lot of Tibetan friends, and they're some of the nicest people in the world. Oh yeah, they're they're yeah. the nicest people in the world. Yeah, uh, old Tibetan yeah. culture was freaking weird. And like going up into Tibet, it was like it's really weird because the men don't do anything; women have to do everything. So the men just sit outside playing dominoes and like eating and drinking and smoking and just hang out all day, every day and don't work. And the women just work all the time because in their belief system, to my understanding, being a woman is a lesser reincarnation than being a man. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about that. That was probably more the nomadic culture because a lot of things have changed in just like the 10 years or so since you've been here. Yeah, so uh, when I was there, I was in, uh, I'm talking about uh, Shaha, and then okay. the, temple, the temple near Shining, and then the temple in Shaha. I forget what the names of the temples are yeah. now. Uh, I don't remember a Shaha, because I haven't been there, but the one near Shining is Tarsa. Tarsa, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Tarsa. That's an interesting place. You can buy wolf skins there. Cool. Did you buy one? Actually, uh, no. But one of the funny things is one of my Tibetan friends, he was out in the grasslands because he was from a family of nomads. For, yeah. He was out during his break for the university and he found this like dead dog and then he found the three pups by it. And uh-huh. so he just took them in and brought them to his dorm without thinking. <laughs> and then a day or two he, later, he found out they were wolf, do- wolf pups. And so he had three wild wolf pups in his dorm room in the university. And then I just see this email 
Like, uh, what am I supposed to do with these? Is there like a sanctuary or something? <laughs> hey, hey, what do you do when you accidentally own wolves? Like, um, they they ate my roommate, so I just I feel like I need to, you know, someone should do something. He could probably give them to the one of the monks. I know there's a monk. It might be Shaha, but they had like pet bears and stuff. So, cool. but cool. actually, they're pretty okay, scared they of bears in Tibetan sun. culture. Oh, really? Because, like, in the southwest of Qinghai, there was, like, this area, and there was a man-eating bear, and he would go wow. in and eat people. So, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And he ate the salamanders, jerk of the bear. Yeah, and the giant fish. Yeah. The cool thing about the the Kanas Lake monster, though, mm-hmm. is there's actually a lot of sightings of it, and it's probably, like, one of the most sighted monsters Definitely one of the most sighted monsters in China and one of the most light- sighted lake monsters in the world. Yeah, well, because it sounds like it's just an inornately large fish. It's just a giant freaking fish. Yeah. Yeah, that one, actually, you can go on YouTube and find some videos of it. Cool. Uh, dude, I'm, I, I know all of this stuff is cryptids and whatnot. But I'm legit most excited about the giant salamanders. That just sounds amazing. No, dude. Because they're real and they're pr- because they're salamanders. Salamanders are awesome. All right, guys. So thank you for listening. And the big takeaway from this episode is salamanders are awesome. So that's the name of the episode. Uh, salamanders are awesome. <laughs> Did you have anything else, Mikey? Um, Shinzawobujadao. Not really. Saijian. Saijian. Talk to you later. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to take a moment and ask you guys if you would uh, like us, comment us, on us, comment for us, comment through us if you wish. Um, subscribe, leave us a good review on iTunes, follow us, retweet, double click, double click the picture for a little heart thing. Make a listicle about the seven times we reminded you of cute cats. Give us a thumbs up like an emperor of old deciding who lives and who dies. Give us a rating of 95 and Red Wine Lovers Weekly. Right swipe us on t- Tinder, friendster us on friender, friend friendster, and and add us to your top eight friends on MySpace. Thank you. I just want to. I just want to thank you so much for doing all those things for us and for listening. Definitely for listening. <laughs>